This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, in the next few minutes, we will just uh, look at a verse of Scripture. And then we will allow the Holy Spirit to bless it upon our heart. Please take note of the announcement about the prayer meeting on Friday. We are trusting and believing God that of a truth, new things we accelerate in our lives. And they'll be tumbling in in their large numbers in Jesus' name. In James chapter 1 verse 2, I read and then we will ask the Lord to please speak to us from there. James chapter 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. New Living Translation says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Hallelujah. Very straight to the point. I have drawn only one life lesson and principle. And that life lesson and principle is, how do I deal with this? Because whether it is abundance or whether it, uh, it may be challenges, at the end of the day, it is how you deal with it that will make all the difference. And the devil's main duty as well is to get the wrong reaction out of you and I. You have heard the saying before that you cannot control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond to it. And I'm learning that very quickly, that as the days are going by, that God is teaching us more of how to be like him, um, even though he may use our life circumstances to teach us. Probably start with a little bit of um, an account of what happened to me in the past few days. I very, very unusually uh, don't travel much, but occasionally when I travel, I it's always go very smoothly. But in the past six weeks, I discovered that I flew with a particular airline, and three times my luggage was missing. Ah, I mean. I don't know if those of you that go a lot on business trip, I think that's unusual. Pretty unusual. The first time um, it was missing, I was wondering what happened, so I called them, called them, a little bit flustered. The second time it was missing again, where is it? Eventually brought it. But this particular trip that I went, very short one, I got to the airport. By the time we got to... Um, uh, the connecting place in Amsterdam, uh, there was an issue on the, on the flight. Somebody took ill, and uh, long and short of it, they suspected that the person actually has um, a contagious fever. And so they asked for doctors on the flight, and uh, I think people from that country, there are too many doctors there. And uh, before I knew it, a crowd have stood up. Ah, I said, you guys just go. So... But the guy that went, he probably would be middle-aged, maybe about my age, he decided to guide them that uh, 
this particular case, because there have been one or two cases of Lassa fever in Lagos, so I suspected that's what he thought. I could just guess. So they shut down the plane with no disembanking, and just truly, we were taken to one end of the airport. Uh, it was like hostage, you know, all those hostage situations. Eh? So they took us there, and all the lights were flashing, and everything. I'll tell you where I'm going in a minute. Anyway, long and short of it, one hour, 20 minutes, we were there. I barely made my connection flight back to Aberdeen. Of course, I knew almost definitely that my luggage wouldn't come. So, again, <laughs> my luggage didn't come. But this time, I did not even move an inch. I didn't call. I didn't find out. Whenever I, I, actually, this time, I had more important things in my luggage than the previous ones. And then I had the voice of the Lord. And, okay, you have passed that test. That test of patience. Wait. It will come. And I knew at least that's what we put it behind. That's the story of our lives, brethren. Many times God will give us things that we don't deserve, but does not necessarily mean we should continue that way. Oh, most of what you have gotten, you didn't follow these steps, because I will tell you a few steps. I don't worry yourself, but in the midst of it, as a good father that he is, he's building you up. And don't take his, you know, lajis and his good nature as a form of weakness or as a form of disorganization. There are guidance and there are rules. As I mentioned to you, I always approach everything in life with how do I deal with this? And you may think, even when blessings come, you don't have to plan how to deal with it. For instance, if I ask you now, if someone were to give you a million pounds turning, <laughs> if it had been, you know, an interactive Wednesday, I want to see how ready you are. You know, we went for a meeting in London. Some of you were there. We went for a meeting, and then they asked people, um, you know, if you are given a million pounds, what will you do with it? And people were starving. I said, Stammer! <laughs> and they were talking all sorts of things. I mean, if you give me a million pounds now, every penny is accounted for. It's not even enough. And they are very serious. Things. I'm not buying cars. I'm not buying a useless thing. I know where every penny will go. 100,000 straight for tithes. So I have only 900,000 left. It's small money. But you see, brethren, <laughs> even when good is coming, prepare how do I deal with it. Prepare, and I'm serious about it. Because I'm using money that you can relate to. And money is the cheapest of all things. For, trust me. But the truth of the matter is that you will face the challenge of what do I give, what do I not give? What do I keep, what do I not keep? What I give, whom do I give? Whom I give, how much do I give? Whom I give, when do I give? Over what period of time? Do you see they're standing now? Oh, you miss any of those things, you can be in trouble. You can be in trouble. And there was a man the scripture mentioned. Because, you know, the Bible wants us to have means of running and ruling our lives. And that's why the whole scripture is all about. In Luke chapter 12, verse 15 to 21, you know the story. A man had, Luke 12, 15 to 21, a man had a bountiful harvest. You know the story? And the man said, oh, my soul, relax. Eat and drink. Isn't it? And that night, that money killed him. Do you know that money that killed him? And the Bible said, tonight, your soul shall be required of you. Don't joke with evil blessings. Because how do I deal with it must always be your rule. If they lie against you, how will you deal with it? If somebody decides to accuse you of what you have not done, have you got your plans, at least collect plans, how to deal with it? 
Or you are just going to rise up and say, come see, come see. No, 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 no. If someone betrays you, be time. When you are not expecting, I hope you are prepared how to deal with it. I hope you are. And so, throughout life, it's important. And all those that God gave us example of in the scripture, they manage their situation very well. Job loss or loss of business. In Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Luke 5, 1 to 11. There was loss of business for Peter, you remember? There they would cast their net all night. They could not catch anything. And the Lord Jesus Christ came unto them. And he, they've already started washing their net, wasn't it? And then he said, at thy word, he dealt with that loss of business. And we are also facing various things in our lives. Job loss. Have we decided to pack it all up? Have we refused to just move? Have we been mobilized? Or do we throw everything at it indiscriminately? Jesus Christ gave us an example in Luke chapter 16, verses 1 to 4. Very, very instructive. Put that on the screen for me. Very unlikely story to learn from. But I will tell you how to use that story. Luke chapter 16. He also said to his disciples there was a certain rich man who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his good. Go back to verse 1. Let's relate to ourselves. There was a certain rich man. A man that is doing well in his business. Doing well in his career. And like a company owner that is. But he had people working for him. And possibly that is you working for somebody in a company. And then they said that because your post, we want to make it redundant, is wasting our resources. Because that's essentially what it is. When they say, let's do redundancy, they say, well, your post is wasting money. True or false? That's the long and short of it. That we are draining resources because of your post. So, that was what the steward had. That was what many of us have had. That was what many were still hearing. Verse 2, how did the man deal with it? And how did the Lord Jesus Christ teach us? So the owner of the business, through HR, called the man and said to him, what is this that I've heard about you? Give an account of your stewardship. We shall start the usual meetings now. Consultation, we start. For you can, it's unlikely that you will still be here by X time. That was the news the man got. How did he react? Verse 3. Then the well engineer said within himself, (laughs) what shall I do? For my master is taking this post away from me. I cannot dig. I cannot do hard labor. I cannot do parawa. No. Very wise man. You will see Jesus Christ commended him. You know the story, many of you. He wasn't just sitting down imagining. Oh, well, he wasn't afraid. He said, I cannot go and do hard labor. That was his desire. Will he have to do it? He may. But he says, that's my desire. What next? Um, what? Please, have you got 100 pounds? I don't want that. What can I do? I see it coming. What will I do? Verse 4. I have resolved what to do. Have you resolved what to do? That when I'm put out of, they may receive me into their houses. The same status that I have, it will not be taken from me. Then go to verse 8. The mid part, we know it was wrong, and the Bible tells us, so the master, what? 
commended the steward because he had dealt shrewdly for they. Did you hear that now? Sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of life. Is that not true? And many a time does not involve you turning books. It just, what Jesus Christ was teaching, they address your mind to what is coming. The least you can do as a child of God, go to God. What should I do? Many a times, we go to consultants. Many a times, we go to the union man. But the Lord is warning us that whatever is coming our way, get prepared for it. As a form of introduction, let me take one more example. We talk about job and what about in sickness? We take another good example. Let's take Mark chapter 5, a well-known story to you as well. Read verse 25. I've started to read in between lines in the scriptures now. Because all we need are there. All that we need, you can find them there. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. We know that story. Verse 26. And I suffered many things from many physicians. Point number one. What did we pick from that one? The woman did not sit at home. She was looking for... And she went everywhere. Up to the point that she did what? Spent all that she had and she was no better. But rather what? Grew worse. Verse 27. Then she heard about another physician. She has not folded it up. No matter how we fold it up. Where do I go again? She heard about it. She said, I will try again. Will you try again? Will you try again? I've spent all, all my energy, everything I've spent. I'm tired. But she heard that another physician is in town. And then she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Verse 28. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Stop there. Do you know where she got that from? She researched into that man. She researched into him that as a rabbi, the tassel of his garment, as said in the book of Deuteronomy, we heal. She didn't just go, let's go and try. She still researched, despite all the previous researches that has failed. I'm not giving up. And you are not giving up. Whatever we need to... Remember Luke chapter 5. Nevertheless, at your word, I will try again. You will try again. And you will get that result. Oh, you are faster, the Lord knows. Oh, you are prayed, the Lord knows. Oh, it seems not to be working. One more, one more, one more. And she did that research. And then in verse 29, the Bible says, immediately, somebody say immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. May the fountain of blood, where you are hemorrhaging finance, where you are hemorrhaging your health away, where you are hemorrhaging your career. Some people, their ministry is being lost. They don't know it. What God has called them to do, they are hemorrhaging it. Today, immediately, immediately, the fountain of that hemorrhage, it will stop in the name of the Lord Jesus. It will stop. Marriages, some is slipping away from their hand, is bleeding, bleeding seriously. I'm very pale, but it will not die. It will not die. The future of that child will not be checked. It will, it will not. It may be, it may be losing all. You may have tried everything, all, but by the mercy of the Lord God of heaven and earth, immediately that hemorrhage will stop in the name of Jesus. So we laid all this foundation, taking us back to where we started from. That whenever you go through anything, 
Count it what? Count it what? What does that mean? Very quickly before I close. But before I tell you what it means, let me tell you what it does not mean. When he says count it all joy, does not you count it all joy, it does not mean rejoicing that you are in trouble. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He didn't say that. Because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, he said, Thessalonians, not Samuel. Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to read it so that I don't pass. Uh, they are doing very well. It's just patience, you know. Hallelujah. Everybody say patience. Okay. What happened to this? Oh, he's back here now. He said, in everything, do all. In everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. For everything, give thanks. Eh? Is there a difference between in and for? You don't give thanks for everything. But in everything, you give thanks. You don't give thanks that you have lost your job. No, no, you don't say, Lord, I thank you for. Though I have lost this job, in it, I still thank you. So it does not mean, so don't get me wrong, so that you don't close your heart, that I'm saying that we should be, we are not masochistic. It's only masochists that rejoice in bad things. We don't rejoice in bad things. But we say, but in it, I will not lose my joy. You heard that song before? That I never lose my joy. Uh And you will not lose your praise in Jesus' name. Of course, secondly, before I move on to what it means, it does not mean looking for trouble. Amen? Uh It does not mean looking for trouble. I'm sure you will not be looking for trouble. Because 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 15 talks about being careful that we do not do things that we first Peter chapter 4, verse 15. You know, that we should not do things that we invite. He said, but let, not of, let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. <laughs> busybody, they do somehow. You know? He said, they said. And then they decided to say, okay, come now. Say it in front of you. What did he say? And you now say, hey, actually, what did you say you said? A matter doesn't concern you. Don't let, and suffering can come. The one you want to please will hate you. The one you want to get favor, use him to get favor, everybody. You know the rest of the story. But what does it mean? Let's leave all that behind us. What does it mean? Number one, what does it mean to count it all joy? It means don't lose your excitement. Don't lose your excitement. Find something somewhere that will excite you. A man of God says complaining will only complicate your case. I love that. Complaining will what? We only complicate the case. Find something that will just excite. There's something exciting about life. Something somewhere. Find it. Come on. While you are waiting for that, let the devil know that you cannot be kept down. And it's a choice. Oh, it's a choice. Let anybody say what they want to say. People will want to define you by that condition. You refuse to be defined. You are more than that. Find something to excite you. Blind Bartimaeus. As if he has not got a father's name. Naaman the leper. You know, some part of Nigeria, they name people like that. May something. I think maybe there is part of the Middle East culture. You know, the, 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 only, the, the thing we see, that is who you are. I'm more than that. I'm more than an unemployed person. 
I'm more than a man just trying to make his way in ministry. There's more about me. So number one, don't lose your excitement. Number two, keep your praise. Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 24. Acts 16, 16 to 24. You know that story? When Paul and Silas, isn't it? When they were there and they were praising, they decided not to lose their praise. Another person says, remember that though you have lost something, it is God that has not allowed you to lose everything. It's God that has allowed you not to lose everything. And believe you me, you have not, what you have lost is less than what you still have. Look at it carefully. Don't allow anything to trouble or to trample upon your praise. Hallelujah. Number three, keep a lively hope that you will testify soon. Keep a lively hope that you will testify soon. In Psalm 42 verse 5. Psalm 42 verse 5. The psalmist was very fond of looking ahead. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Oh, that you talk to yourself like that. Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. When I got born again, I was in far part of Nigeria, far northeast Nigeria. I was in Meduguri. Um, no, I got born again in Kaduna. I remember when I was in Meduguri, I was with some group of guys. You know, very close we were. Um, he's somewhere in Charlotte now, North Carolina. And um, when I told him I got born again, he laughed. And I have this Bible verse I sent to him. You know what? This Bible verse started his conversion. He's doing mighty things for the Lord there. In one of the, you know, very strict ministries, you know, that came out of Nigeria. Because I didn't even know I was going through trouble. You know, he was making fun of me that I couldn't be, how can I never? And you know, the rest of the people say, when you come out of a group. But please, keep this close to your heart. I shall yet praise him. I shall yet praise him. My praise is around the corner. Number four, very quickly, focus on win-win. If things is not working in one area, in built into it, there is something God wants to do in you. Maybe you are in between jobs. That's more time with the family. Might be a time to learn a new skill. Might be a time for God to create some character in you. Humility. Management of limited resources. Because there's a win-win. And even ordinary people, they use this example or they use this method to get what they want. Second Kings chapter 7, verses 3 and 4. Let's put that on the screen. The story of the lepers. They were thinking win-win. Thinking win-win. Second Kings chapter 7, verses 3 and 4. 2 Kings 7, verse 3. Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? Did you see the way they were weighing things? Even though things are bad, why bother? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die. If we sit here, we die also. Near therefore, what do we do? Come, let us run out to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us anyway, we shall only die. I start to think win-win. And that disempowers the devil. It makes him to know that you are not cornered. That's why Jesus Christ strengthened our hearts all the time that we should not allow fear to rule over us, as we mentioned last Sunday. Finally, number five, see God in all your circumstances. All things work together for good 
For them that love the Lord. Romans 8, 28. And in John chapter 9, verses 1 to 3, John 9, verses 1 to 3, spoke about a man that came with, you know, a serious infirmity, congenital condition, and God allowed it to be so that God's glory may be made known. Thank you, Jesus. In conclusion, before we pray, the promise of a new beginning is a reminder that whatever you are going through is only temporary. Did you hear me? Whatever you are going through is only what? Keep your joy. Keep your faith. Keep your hope. You shall yet praise him. You shall yet praise him. Your family shall yet praise him. Count it all joy. Don't lose your excitement. Why not? Count it all joy. It seems so hard to God will never give you more than you can and you can't it can't it all joy. Rise on your face with me. any doubt you will not be overcome you will overcome I say you will overcome some of you your testimonies are already in some have manifested but this week some are going to manifest He's only telling you, don't do anything that may make you miss it. The testimony is seen already. The glory of the Lord has descended. He has accepted our worship today. We know with any shadow of doubt in our mind that the Lord is here. He has been here since we started. His glory is evident. And so we're going to ask him that all that it takes to step into your wealthy place. The spirit of the Lord will do in you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You will not see with your eyes and refuse to touch with your hand. Some people call it the spirit of Pisgah. Pisgah was that place where Moses went to. High mountain. He saw the promised land but he didn't enter. You will enter. We shall enter. All the oaths we had for many years about the expansion of the kingdom, about the well-being of your family, about the well-being of your marriage, of your finance, of everything that pertains unto you, it shall not be a mirage. I say it shall not be a mirage. You will step into it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Is God that will take you there. Don't forget that woman, oh. Mark chapter 5. Oh, because as I'm talking, I'm hearing some of your spirit, some of your mind saying, oh, again. Again. Promises it will happen. Remember that woman. 
She will be in heaven when you are there. And I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, you will only join that to say, you see, me too, I fought my own, I got it. It will not be an accusing finger and say, why didn't you read my story? Why would you try again? Didn't you read my story? Just read it for your encouragement. Spent all she had. But she had. You have had today. You have heard today. And you have heard that Jesus is in town. And he's in the house. And so by his mercy and by his kindness, you will step into your wealthy place. And wealthy place is not just money. When the Bible uses wealth to mean abundance of resources to do what you need to do. Abundance of health to do what you need to do. Peace in your home to do what you need to do. Peace in your children to do what they need to do. That's wealth. And so into your wealthy place it will lead you. And you shall not be stored. Go to pray confessional prayer. And as we pray that prayer, God will turn it all around for us. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, according to your word, which says, you will help me to fulfill my purpose. In the name of Jesus, I put my hand into your hand, lead me to my wealthy place, that I may fulfill my purpose in the name of Jesus. You better pray with me right now because I desperately want to fulfill my purpose. I do not want to miss out on the plan and the promises of God. He has said, count it all joy. Count it all joy. I'm excited for my future. Oh yes, I'm not so much taken by what I'm going through. Yes, Lord, I know it's inconvenient. I want to get out of it, but my future is glorious. It is well with me. Yes, this comes out, this situation is, thank you, Father. Yes, Lord, the Lord is opening doors of relationship to people right now. He's opening doors, he's opening doors, he's opening doors. Walk through yours, drop your doubts. Link her hand onto his hand and let him do what he does best in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And so shall it be that from this moment onward, joy shall never cease in your home in the name of the Lord Jesus. The word has gone forth. It shall achieve that which is sent out to do. From now on, frustration is far from you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You will fulfill your destiny. The purpose for which the Lord created you and has placed you here on earth, that purpose shall be fulfilled in the name of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. Go forth in the name of the Lord. Possess your possession. Enter into your wealthy place again, I say. I say, enter, 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 enter. And let God be glorified. I decree over every soul here. None shall be ordinary. Your life shall not be ordinary. 
you are special in the hand of your creator. And that very purpose for which you created you shall be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. Above all, you are coming back to testify. And many shall join you to sing. And Jesus' name shall be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you honor and glory. Jesus' mighty name we pray. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.